mix, dude. We're in a we're in a soundstage. We're ac- we actually like work at a record label. Yeah. And so this is the soundstage where everyone does music videos and stuff. Oh right. Live on. shows. Nice. Yeah. We actually have the the SSL next door that like Slippery When Wet was recorded on, and uh, a bunch of '80s Aerosmith records. Oh wow! When they yeah. kind of. Uh, had people write songs for them. Yeah. <laughs> we're in Vancouver and they, yeah, there was a place called Little Mountain. You probably know about it. It's where like, oh, I, know Metallica- it. I know it. It's a great studio. Yeah. Yeah. So like, uh, you're from the Bay area. So I'm assuming no loss about Metallica, but they did black album also in that studio. Yeah. Yeah. Like the dubs and stuff. Yeah. That's like Bob rock. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He, he really loved that studio. It's, uh, and Vancouver's just fantastic. I have not, uh, unfortunately got to do comedy there really uh, yeah i don't i mean it's it's been the uh it's kind of been like the uh the unicorn you know but Mm. i've played the commodore ballroom a bunch of times music wise with the dean delray band yeah 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 so i love that and and i played a lot of places in there um over the years you know great great city you know Commodore is a legendary venue, like specifically, it was like a punk venue in the 70s, I suppose. Yeah. And uh, there's a book that came out about it. Uh, and then I'm not sure you ever saw the movie Hardcore Logo, but the the last scene, the Battle of the Bands is at the Commodore Ballroom. I talked to the guy that used to book it in the uh, late 70s. Okay. And, yeah. I had him on the podcast. Uh, he was a huge uh, kind of um, Canadian promoter mm-hmm. and he you know, he did like ACDC on the back and black tour across wow. Canada and stuff. And he's got a giant merch company now and stuff like oh, that. Cool. Yeah. Really cool. Oh, I wonder who, do you remember his name? Yeah, I do. But my brain doesn't work. Unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> uh, That's okay. Yeah. When, when you played there was a, was it opening for another band? Cause I saw you were touring with like Lenny Kravitz and the black crows and stuff. I think it was with, um, yeah, it was with, uh, God, what was that band called? Um, shit. <laughs> oh, man, the guy died. Um, oh, no. oh. I, I can't remember. It wasn't Morphine. Uh, it was another band that was there okay. around, around at that era. And, you know, Mark Sandman died like shortly after I saw him yeah. uh, at uh, Slim's. Uh-huh. And then uh, this guy, wow, God, I. I can't remember, man. I can see the band, but I can't, <laughs> yeah. I can't remember. Uh, they, they, uh, you know, I'm just fucking, all I remember these days are my jokes. <laughs> That's good. That's yeah. important. Yeah. When was the last time you wrote a song? Oh God. Uh, 15 years ago or something. Wow. Yeah. Do you find that writing jokes facilitates that kind of thing and performing stand up facilitates what you used to get out of playing music live? Well, I like uh, doing stand-up a, a thousand times more than I like playing music. Really? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Um, especially in the last, I would say, 15 years uh, or the last 10 years of playing music, once the cell phone came in, it was just boring. There was no connection. Was on their, oh, I see. Yeah, no connection. But with comedy, it reminds mm. me of the early days of playing music. It's just you and the audience and yeah. they're so engaged and uh, it's dangerous. It mm. could go bad at any minute. Uh, <laughs> it could be electric. And, 
you know, I lo- as much as I love playing music, it doesn't come close to me of, of doing comedy. Not even close. I don't even think about playing music. Really? Do you, you know, do you once feel a year, like I do the Bon Scott tribute, yeah. you know, and that's, and- that's, that's more to give back to my buddies like Marin and Burr mm-hmm. and, and, you know, guys like that for helping me out. You know, yeah. I'm kind of like, uh, you know, like I do these big gigs with them and I'm like, Oh my God, I can't believe it. And then when they do these gigs with me, they're like, I can't believe it. I go, well, now you know how I feel <laughs> and I'm out there opening yeah. for you at like the LA forum or yeah. you know, red rocks or something. <laughs> Wow. So, you know, it's great to be able to give back uh, something to your friends that totally. will blow their mind, you know? Who who of your comedian friends were you surprised at their musical talent? Um, well, I mean, Marin can play a mean guitar and yeah. Burr, Burr plays great drums. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are really only the comedian friends that I, I jam with. Uh, Chris yeah. Porter, he can yeah. play guitar and sing, which is, uh, which is cool. But, uh, you know... And, and I try to tell people this, they, they don't understand. Like, I don't even talk to, you know, comedians about playing music yeah. at all. You know, like I'll talk to them about music, but I don't be like, oh yeah, man, the G chord into C <laughs> you know? and then you modulate up, man, get that course, you know, uh, I, it, to me, I am just in, you know, just, in the comedy mode and because yeah. i'm only 11 years in so to yeah. me it's still like mm-hmm. you know I, I look at those guys and they're they're kind of like where i was 25 years into music you know people are like well man you, know, you just played this and that you're like yeah it's what i do you know <laughs> yeah. and that's how i look at them now you know they're like yeah it's, it's what we do dude yeah, I always find like uh, like my day job is I'm in a band and that's yeah. how I make a living. And I'm friends with mostly comedians and I notice they mostly want to talk about music to me. Yeah, right. Playing yeah. guitar or amps or gear or whatever. They don't yeah. want to talk about comedy. <laughs> and that's I what mean, I love. <laughs> it's funny because I've been podcasting for 10 years and uh, there's a small niche of uh, audience that they, and I love them and I, yeah. and I never want to sound like I'm, I'm, you know, uh, angry or something, but they'll just email me all day long, like guitar <laughs> builders and, yeah. and, and amp builders. And, and, and I'm like, Hey man, uh, it's not a, a guitar podcast, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I'll have five builders on in 10 years. And then that's all they talk about. And I'm like, Wow, you got to get out of the basement, man. You know, <laughs> yeah, you got to get out of the basement, man. The guitar is great, but you know why the guitar is great is because the song that was wrote on it. You know, yeah, yeah. yeah. If there was, I, I, I said this a couple months ago on my podcast. I hate guitar solos. <laughs> I can't stand to hear by theirself. Right. By yourself. You right. know, Instagram, I'm flicking around. It's like, <laughs> it's just dude after dude after dude yeah. in their bedroom, blazing guitar, 
And oh, it makes my skin cringe. You know, must, it must. Uh, you must love the Saint Anger album then, because there's no guitar solos on. No, no, you get me wrong. I love guitar <laughs> solos in a, in a song. Okay. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah. yeah I so don't you don't like, like going to Guitar Center and just listening to some asshole. Well, that's what way. part of Instagram is now. It's like the corner of Guitar Center, and you're like, you know, you're like, wow, look at this car. Whoa, look at this architecture. And all of a sudden, the next picture. Wah, 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 wah. <laughs> and, and you know and people are always like look how amazing this guy is i go that guy's not amazing at all he just <laughs> learns somebody else's stuff yeah where's yeah. his songs at and yeah. that's uh that would be like if there was like cover comedians can you imagine just comedians <laughs> are just sitting in their bedroom just doing bill hicks sets you know yeah, yeah. i like I like that happens sometimes overseas. Like there was this kid who was just doing Jezelnik's act wow. and people were like, you can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> and it happened to Patton Oswald too. Yeah. People were well, just, I mean, head- you know, yeah. like, like I said, I never want to sound um, like bitter or angry or whatever. Mm-hmm. But to me, look, Eddie Van Halen, God mm-hmm. to me. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know why he's God to me because of Van Halen one, two, Women mm-hmm. and children, yeah. fair warning. Mm-hmm. You know, that's yeah. why he's a God to me. The songwriting yeah. and what he created with three other humans yeah. and a vibe and mm-hmm. a sound and mm-hmm. all of that. Yeah. But if it was just Eddie on the guitar, and I said this um, when I did the tribute to Eddie Van Halen on my podcast, if it was just him all those years it would just mm-hmm. be a lot to me like all the other guitar guys that play yeah. instrumental stuff i wouldn't care at all totally. yeah. yeah at all to me i mean i'm listening to fugazi mm. more than anything in the last yeah. couple of years yeah. and uh you know stuff like black flag and, and stuff mm. the simplicity of, totally. of of a song or even nirvana just like you know it's a song man yeah that's what it's about to me at the end of the day a great song you know and, did and you it, ever it, like guitar leads are like crowd work it's after a while it's so yeah, true it's like the crowd loves crowd work <laughs> but after a while you're like yeah but where's the jokes man yeah. i mean you know yeah hey good hat where are you from you yeah. know what do you do yeah. for a living what else you guys want to talk about? You know? <laughs> yeah. I remember my first <laughs> instrument though, when I was like 14 was bass and I went right to the top of the technicality bands and I was like a big Primus guy. Mm. And then you, but when you first start playing an instrument, you want to see the virtuosos. Like I, I saw yeah. G3 a bunch of times, right? but I don't know if I'd want to see that now, but I think it's like cool to see someone just kill it at their instrument at a certain point, but you're right. Songwriting and vision and, uh, technical abilities are all totally different things yeah. and they all seem to be necessary. Like I, I think slash is like one of the best lead writers and his leads are typically pretty simple. It's right. like he picks the best notes, you know? Well, I was just watching um, the kiss documentary mm-hmm. and they were talking about how Bob Ezrin just kind of hummed the, uh, the lead to Detroit rock city. No way. Yeah. To ACE. He's like, this is exactly how you're going to play it. And then here's the <laughs> harmony. Crazy. And I'm into thematic leads. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, that's why I like Kirk Hammett a lot because so his good. leads go for, go, you know, take you somewhere mm-hmm. and he plays them always kick ass alive. Um, yeah. and, and recently I've just really worshiped John Mayer and the dead and company. Yeah. And, and, and that guy, 
can play the shit out of guitar, but also oh. he can write the hell out of a song. We're just, we just watched this like Ted talk thing where he's explaining songwriting and it's so inspiring. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's yeah. really understands it. You know, I, I actually, I find it annoying when people rip on that guy. Cause I think he's so talented. And I do think he's a pretty funny too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, he, I mean the born and raised record, uh, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I was not a fan of him until about, four or five, whenever dead and company happened. So maybe mm-hmm. four years, five now, I, yeah. I'm no good with time, but, uh, I got the born and raised record and all my life on Sundays, I listened to Carol King tapestry record. It's just oh, kind nice. of my uh, decompressor. And now yeah. I throw this one in the mix. These are yeah. the two records <laughs> and his new records. Fantastic too. It's not out yet, but I got an advance of it. And, uh, he's a great songwriter, oh, and cool. uh, I was hating on him just out of my own insecurities. Of like, <laughs> yeah. this guy's too good looking. <laughs> he's not supposed to be good, you know. And, yeah, yeah. And uh, it was my own insecurities because uh, I was, you know, doing singer songwriter type of Wilco type yeah. of roots Americana rock, mm-hmm. and uh, he came around. Body is Wonderland. And yeah. I was just like, oh, God, him and Jack Johnson <laughs> at the time. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. But man, uh, he's he's fantastic and he's become a friend. And uh, oh, that's cool. I like being proved wrong. I had him on the yeah. podcast four hours and I was like, wow. I could talk to this guy for a year. I, I love him. You know, I think it'd be so fun to be like a hot adult contemporary music producer because you just get to work with the best session musicians. Yeah. Like like on Clarity, his record, he had Questlove on the drums. He had great sax players, all these great sort of uh, string arrangements. It'd be so fun to like do that kind of album, you know? Well, you know, it's interesting you say that because you can get the best guys and there won't be any chemistry there. Mm-hmm. You will get a fantastic track, but it might not be the feel you want or whatever. I've played with mm-hmm. some of the best drummers ever. Yeah. And, um, and, you know, they just weren't right. They're, mm-hmm. you know, they're in the, I just had Matt Chamberlain on. So and good. we were just talking about it, like how mm-hmm. you could have the best drummer, but it might not be the feel you're looking for, you know? Totally. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you know, it's a gamble. You can put together mm-hmm. a bunch of guys in the room and yeah, you're going to get a perfect track. But uh, at the other uh, end of the spectrum, you could have like four dudes that create lightning in a bottle. Totally. Uh, four or five, like yeah. say, you know, Jane's addiction. Oh, and, so uh, good. And you're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> Isn't that weird how like in Jane's addiction, the bass player seemed to be the genesis of the great records. And yeah, then he was Eric the least Avery. flamboyant guy in the band. Well, he, uh, you know, I had Ross Robinson on the podcast. Oh, I love a, Ross Robinson. Yeah. And he said he worked with Eric Avery and, uh, you know, him and, uh, and uh, Navarro did a record mm-hmm. uh, in, in between Jane's back in the day. Demolition. I I think called, oh, that's right. Deconstruction. Yeah. Deconstruction. Deconstruction. Yeah. 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 <laughs> And he was saying that like Eric Avery is Jane's addiction. Yeah. Like he's the groove. He's the, he's the feel. And that's why it was never the same. And I believe that also. And also I believe that when you fuck with chemistry, it's over for sure. Firmly believe that. I totally agree. There's like a magic to it, especially when it's guys have been playing together. It's like, it's kind of like that in sports too. You can make like a super team and then they'll probably won't win the championship because they don't have the chemistry yet as a bunch of people have just been like, you know, burning a lot of calories, getting better together, you know? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It was like that year you had the $2 A's team 
Oakland A's, yeah. and then they yeah. just went all the way. You so know? cool. Yeah. It's such a cooler story too, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, man, I love Ross Robinson. Uh, did did you hear him talk about, because his his favorite band ever was The Cure, and he got to produce them. Yeah, and I was he had with to be him. like, oh, really? <laughs> I was, not a, when he produced the record, but I sat on stage with him uh, oh. when they played Coachella and walked oh, on and played those songs. And uh, it, really? was, it was unreal, man, because it was... Uh, that's a lifelong dream of his, of course. Yeah. And then there he is producing. He, he tells some great stories about it. He said the band hated him and, yeah. and Robert loved him. You know, the band yeah. was like, fuck this guy. Well, you know? he was probably saying the stuff that Robert always wanted to say. But right. I like when he he took them aside and was like, I'm a fan of your of the cure and you guys aren't being the cure right now. Yeah. He like, yeah. he, he like <gasps> oh talked down to his favorite band and they just had to like, wow, maybe he's right. Oh, yeah, that's, that's so cool. Yeah, I like um, he did this record by this band I love called Glassjaw and you I can know. hear yeah. him throw something at the singer's head and they just like left it in the track. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> I produced his mom's podcast at home with Byron Katie. I got a podcast network now called Cactus Radio Network. Oh, and so cool. Yeah, oh, cool. I got four shows on it. So uh, your new one with Marin's on there, right? Yeah. Dark Fonzie and that thing's yeah. tearing it up. Then I have yeah. the, gr- the Grail. With mm-hmm. uh, where I interview people that are artisans and uh, you know makers and stuff, mm-hmm. you know you know guitar builders and yeah, uh, yeah. and <laughs> then I have, I have let there be talk, which is uh, ten years now. Yeah, uh, six hundred episodes. Number six hundred's coming up next week. It's wow, congratulations, be, uh, man! Stone Gosser killer. Awesome. Yeah, and awesome. then cool. uh, at home with Byron Katie, which is uh, she's basically a. Uh, uh, a guru, mm-hmm. uh, kind of a female Tony Robbins, uh, mm-hmm. meditation, spiritual, good, you know, get, get you through life. Mm-hmm. And, and as I had meetings with her, I could say like, I was like, Oh, this is where Ross gets it all. You know? Oh, okay. <laughs> Cause I yeah. used to watch Ross work yeah. and I'd be like, Oh, this guy's a nut jobber. You know? <laughs> so I like him. What are you feeling right now? Yeah. Is it deep inside? Pull it out. Yeah. You know? yeah. I was like, yeah, what yeah. a nut. And I was like, no, he's not a nut. I'm just, uh, once again, insecure. And don't yeah. want to feel something. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's like when someone's that comfortable with themselves, watching them makes your insecurities be like, Ugh, yeah. this yeah. is weird. Yeah. This guy's eating uh, wheatgrass shots and talking about Zen meditation. I don't yeah. know what to do with this. So they, you should listen to the podcast with his mom. I'd love man. to. At home yeah. with Byron Katie. And, you know, people like Jim Carrey uh, mm-hmm. are huge followers of her. Really? Wow. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of... Uh, a lot of uh, you know artistic people that mm-hmm. really uh, that really listen to what she's doing, man. You know, are you are you because you're you're like a very positive, motivated guy, and uh, it doesn't seem like you ever really say no to yourself about anything you want to do, which I find really inspiring about you. Were you like that when you were in your band? Like, because you, I know you, you're sober now, but it sounded like for a while you were like doing some pretty like you know drugs, which would make you feel depressed. Were you motivated and like inspired back then too? I've always been, you know, motivated and had, had a drive to mm-hmm. constantly. I'm one of those people, like I'm almost cursed where I feel like, you know, there's something more out there. Yeah. I can't really idle. And I was talking mm-hmm. about this with Marin on Dark Fonzie. 
Um, I watched this screener of uh, the new Anthony Bourdain documentary coming out. Yeah. And uh, it was scary to watch that because I was basically seeing myself, of course, Mm. without the fame. But all of his pitfalls, I I understood. Yeah. And there's one point on there where he thought that he was probably unable to love, you know, and oh. I, I look at it as you reach these higher marks, like maybe your first long term love. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't really know if I could ever get there again. Mm-hmm. Uh, because mostly I'm constantly searching for the the something, and I don't know what it is, but totally. I, I know for fact that the stand up is definitely like, you know, oh, thank God I found this. <laughs> I'm oh, always man. I'm always worried about people that, you know, I think about ninety percent of the people just live their lives and don't go for it, and totally. I never wanted to be a, a person that had any regrets. And I think most people, they are afraid of debt and failure. Totally. You know? And so... uh, And discomfort. Yeah. Yeah. But they back themselves in the corner because they have these holes in their heart. So they max out the credit cards to try to fill that hole. Yeah. That really the hole is you didn't go for what you wanted to do in life. Yeah. And... Didn't even try. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're afraid to fail. Mm -hmm. So... I fail, I fail uh, nightly on stage a lot mm. by trying stuff, and uh, I'm glad. I'd rather fail and feel mm-hmm. than just sit on the couch and just wait to die. You know, totally. <laughs> I had the, a similar thing, uh, but for Ant- no, it wasn't Anthony Bourdain for me. It was Henry Rollins. Oh yeah. And uh, I was watching this clip of him uh, and I was with a, a girl I was dating at the time and he was saying, he was like, yeah, I have no interest in romantic relationships because for me, traveling and experiencing things will always be what I want to do for the rest of my life. And I remember the girl I was dating was like, that's depressing. I was like, that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> well, That's how I want to live too. Yeah. <laughs> I talked to Henry about that and yeah. Henry said something that I have said over and over and over. And they're like, yeah, you know, you get to this point to where people are just like, well, maybe he's gay, you know, mm. and you know, they say that like, it's bad, you know, ah, I think yeah. he's just gay. You know, you get out there in middle America. Yeah. You know, never see him with a chick. He's gay. <laughs> but Henry said something that I felt a thousand percent about. And it's mm-hmm. like, I knew when I started comedy or music that it wasn't going to be fair to anybody that I was going to see because I was not going to ask for permission to go out every night. I was going to do it. And I Mm -hmm. did not want to Mm -hmm. waste somebody else's life where they Mm -hmm. could maybe possibly meet somebody and and live their life how they wanted, like, you know, family Mm -hmm. and marriage and all that. Yeah. So I never wanted to uh, be the person, you know, are you going out again tonight? Yeah. You know, (laughs) and um, I just don't want to put anybody through that. Totally. Mm-hmm. I recently said on Dark Fonzie, I wouldn't mind having a serious relationship on Sundays only. Yeah. <laughs> Once a week? Yeah. Well, does, yeah. And, and you might find someone that's in that same fucking lineup, yeah. you know? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, I can relate to that too. Sunday, 
We listen to the fucking John Mayer, born yeah. raised. <laughs> yeah. We eat some brunch like yeah. an old dumb couple. And then, <laughs> and then we go out to the movies and enjoy yeah. a movie and uh and uh and have a great time, you know? And then yeah. we yeah. go and be our dumb workaholic selves. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds great. Yeah. 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 Like a one one day a week vacation. Well, yeah. I think some people, if they were honest with themselves, if you gave your partner one full solid day, it's better than 20 minutes a day of your your nonsense. Totally. You know, mm. of like just you know, just because we're together, does that mean that we need to be together like every day? Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, let's ask the, the what's your name? Alexi. Yeah, Alexi. Would yeah. you, uh, you know, be all right with just seeing somebody once a week? Yeah. Yep. But I think I she's think she's as motivated as any. Like, she's so motivated, though. I don't know if she's a typical person yeah. that way. Well, that's you know, what I'm saying. I, yeah. So <laughs> you need to align with the people that understand that. Mm -hmm. And usually it doesn't happen that way. What happens is one person is attracted to the outlaw craziness of the artist. <laughs> and then they, they love it and then they get it and they're like, all right, now oh. I got to change them. And yeah. then they're like, why? I'm just going to be blah. You like yeah, this. Yeah. Yeah. And usually yeah. that person's going to cheat on you for the next <laughs> outlaw dangerous. <laughs> because you've come, you become sad. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's crazy. That's it's so true, though. It's too complicated. It so is. I just fucking go out and do comedy. I love that. I got a dog now and I give her a zillion times of love. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Bring her everywhere, you know. Oh, man. Yeah. Did, did you, um, when you first started playing music in the Bay Area, you must have seen, you must have played with all the those big ass bands that ended up becoming huge. Like, did you ever play with Primus or Exodus or those kind of bands? I played with, uh, we'd play on multi bills, you know, like yeah. uh, if there was benefits and stuff for some, one of our friends that was in, you know, hurt or something. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, but I've opened for Testament uh, when cool. they were when they were peaking, you know, Chuck Billy yeah. was a huge fan of my band. And that's awesome. He, yeah. He wore one of the shirts in a video and, uh, oh, and, you know, and then I would put on that Bon Scott tribute even back then. So death mm -hmm. angel and, wow. and uh, guys like that would uh, come down and play. Um, all the big guys eventually would play in the Bon Scott tribute. That's but, so cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was, we were just, I mean, these bands were big, but they were just normal humans to me, like the comedians yeah. that I work with now, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, Marin and Burr and, and yeah. Diaz, these guys are huge, but they weren't huge when I met them. Yeah. You know what I mean, so they're just <laughs> friends of mine. Yeah, totally. Mm -hmm. Man, Diaz is so funny. Yeah, absolutely. And a great, it, great soul. Yeah, I believe it. And great he's lived soul. like such a crazy life too. All three yeah. of those guys are great, great yeah. humans, you know, and, uh, and, you know, thank God I found him in at 44 mm -hmm. years old because, yeah. uh, you know, all my friends were off married and talking about soccer practice with their kids <laughs> and stuff. And I just had no, uh, I just had no, all of a sudden I was like, dude, you and I were crazy men together. And now, I you're, know. now you're like, uh, you know, 
You and your son have matching mohawks. <laughs> <laughs> that is such a thing that That's happens. a dad thing to do, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. 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 I'm still crazy, see? Yeah. <laughs> I, I always say, let me guess, your son's one of the best on the team, man. You can't even believe it. I don't want to say anything, but his talent is through. Yeah, fucking. Your goddamn dad, dude. Your goddamn dad. Oh, uh, are, do you, are you still in the, the depths of your candy addiction? Oh, no, dude. I quit that fucking years ago. I got diabetes really? and quit it all. And, oh, uh, my goodness. Lost 40 pounds, dude. You, say you look me. great, man. Yeah, I lost 40 and I don't have diabetes anymore. But yeah, I, I got diabetes in the middle of, uh, you know, my stand-up career. And Jesus. Uh, oh, crazy. I realized, well, you know, it was uh, $800 a month for for uh insulin and i was like well i don't i don't have that i'm a <laughs> yeah i'm a i'm a, I'm a comedian you know that's yeah getting like four dollars a day or whatever <laughs> so i just changed my diet that day and never had sugar wow. or white flour or uh wow or or rice again Holy and shit, uh, got rid of the diabetes and thank god because when covid came the people with diabetes went out first yeah, yeah. so it was almost like a godsend it was a good thing I got diabetes. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy how you've been able to just sort of like pivot when you have to, like when you start losing your voice. So you just quit drinking and everything and seem to never look back. And it seems like your next thing was, you know, sugar. And you were just able to pivot from that also. Well, Most anything that's that. going to take away the thing that I love. So I go, all right, well, look, I'm fucking addicted to sugar. Everybody is. And people hit me up and they go, well, how did you do it? And it's like, well, I loved what I was doing more mm -hmm. than sugar. Now, if you don't love your mm -hmm. life, you're never going to be able to quit because yeah. Yeah. you're going to have these, you know, spouts of depression, which I have still. Mm -hmm. um, and then you're going to just power down candy or whatever. It's going to make you feel good. Mm -hmm. But that's it, not fixing what it is at the end yeah. of the day. And to right. me, mm -hmm. I didn't love anything more than uh, doing stand up. So yeah. I was like, all right, well, sugar is out. Same when I was singing. I yeah. wasn't the singer of a band. And how are you going to, you know, have a trashed voice and the yeah. band just looking at you like, dude, this is how we feed our, 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 our faces and pay mm -hmm. our bills. Mm -hmm. And you're out drinking. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so it was just always, I grew up like, uh, just with work ethic from my mom, you mm -hmm. know, Mm -hmm. and, and, and I mean, I'm lucky to be doing stand-up comedy in, in some of the greatest clubs in America. So, so cool. I'm not going to let any dumb fucking addiction get in the way of that. Yeah. Oh, that's great, man. Yeah. Well, Dean, thank you so much for coming on, man. Yeah. It was like really, it was really nice to meet you. And thanks for making the time for us, man. When you do come to Vancouver, Please, please do. Please do come here, man. They're like, they're opening up new clubs and stuff. I'm and so dying. we'd love to have you. <laughs> yeah. I don't have an agent or a manager. So I'm okay. always like, people are like, hey, come out here. I'm like, hey, I'm not, I'm not saying no. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? It's like, I want to get out there and do stand up all over the place. Yeah. And uh, I've been lucky. I've done most of the places, but I want to keep going back. So, yeah. And, you know, the way you get asked back is, you know, selling tickets. So yeah. it's it's the audience that controls the comedian's career at the yeah. end of the day for real. Sure, mm -hmm. you can have a powerful manager and sure you can have a great agent, but the audience 
is louder than any of that. And that's totally. because it's ticket sales. I mean, look at Metallica. Mm-hmm. You know, they should have never been huge, you know, <laughs> in the industry wise yeah. of what was going on. Foxy yeah. dudes in leather, you know, <laughs> they were none of that. And yeah. um, the audience was like, nah, man, this yeah. is our band. And so, yeah. you know, as much as I, I like to scream this out, uh, I'll do it over and over. The people are in control of everybody's career. Yeah. If they mm-hmm. get together and they're rabid. Mm-hmm. And they're, uh, you know, making stuff go viral and shit. You're going to go everywhere. You know, totally. it's the lazy yeah. fan that'll sink, sink a band or a comedian. So true. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm going to catch you next time. Oh, yeah. you mean the next yeah. time I fly 3,000 miles? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right, yeah, you couldn't go 13 miles down yeah, to the yeah. club. <laughs> all right, catch me next time, you know. And COVID, I think, yeah. was a great, great eye opener to a lot of people that thought, oh, "I'll catch you next time." Yeah, you know. Yeah. Well, the best, the best one you get is, uh, "Hey, man, when are you coming to London?" It's like yeah. I was just there last week. Yeah. <laughs> I'll never understand that. I'll never yeah. understand that. You know, yeah. I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I never understand that one. But you know, know. what are you going to do? You can't complain. Like I, I said, know. I ain't complaining ever. <laughs> I just fucking keep rocking. Love it, man. Thank you so much, Dean. Yeah, check out yeah, cactusradionetwork.com for all yep. the podcasts and dinoray.com uh, for yep. the uh, podcast. Or, I mean, for the tour dates. Yeah. And yeah, Dark Fonzie and uh, Marin and I talk. got that going. Let the be yeah. talk. Yep. Stone Gossard, number 600. And Jacob Dillon will be next Monday. I don't know when this comes out, but... Uh, this is coming out tomorrow. So oh, Stone cool. Gossard is from Mother Love Bone, right? And Pearl, Pearl Jam. Jam. Yeah, yes. yeah. A little band yeah. called Pearl Jam. Yeah. <laughs> I, was just, I was just telling you about PJ20, the Cameron Crowe documentary on... Great. It's like one of the best documentaries you've ever seen. So good, man. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for having me, guys. Absolutely. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you.